sight of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us that darkness dissipates. Amen? At the very presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, um, difficult things in life dissipate. At the very presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, demons and Satan dissipate. Amen, somebody? At the presence of Jesus, things are changed. Our message title tonight fits that song so well. The title is Just Like It, Only Different. Just like it, only different. The Bible teaches us in John's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 3, 4, and 6. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, and that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. In verse 6 it said, When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we humbly approach your throne. We thank you, Lord, again for the the, the, press, the, the, the opportunity, rather, God, that we have to be here tonight, God. Again, just the privilege that it is to join together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, because what used to be can forever be changed. And what we used to know as normal can now be extraordinary. What used to be expected can now be the unexpected. God, we thank you for that tonight. We thank you, Lord, because you make a difference. Everything that you do, God, is calculated. Everything that happens in this world, God, everything that's good is all by your hand. Your word tells us that every good and perfect gift comes down from you. So we thank you for that today, Lord. We thank you how you've affected our lives so greatly. God, those that have accepted you as their personal Savior. In fact, even those that have not, your word tells us that you allow the Son to raise the just and the unjust alike. You're such a wonderful and merciful and a great God, so loving and so kind to us. God, even when we don't deserve it, I'm thankful today. Thankful that you're an on-time God. Thankful, Lord, that not only you're on time, but Lord, when you're on time, you're so passionate, so giving. Lord, we ask that you would just bless each one tonight as we continue in this service. May you be found in the center of what we're doing. May at the end of this service and throughout this service, may you receive praise and honor and glory that only you deserve. In the precious name of Jesus, we all pray and say, Amen. 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 Again, good to have you in the house of the Lord today. Give God a hand clap of praise where you are. That's okay. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, we'll turn with us to John's Gospel, chapter 11. I'm going to read to you a few, a few verses here, and then we'll dive back into God's Word. The Bible declares to us in John's Gospel, chapter 11, and verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany. That word Bethany means place of affliction. The town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters in verse 3 sent unto him, speaking of the Lord, and said, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, 
but for the glory of God, and that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, Mary and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Verse 7 tells us, then after that, And then after that, saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. And his disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again. You mean you're going to go there, even after they've tried to take your life? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. In verse 12, Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleeps, he does well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. And then Jesus abruptly in verse 14 said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes, he said, that I was not there to the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, he says, let us go unto him. Skipping down to verse 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain, he had lain in the grave for four days already. In verse 21, 23, and 25, the Bible declares, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Verse 25, Finally Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he be dead, yet shall he live. Amen? Yet shall he live. Just like it, only different. Have you ever said to somebody, or heard somebody say these words? Hey, that's pretty cool. I've got one just like it, only different. <laughs> Amen? I have one just like it, only different. Well, how can it be just like it if it's different? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. That's just a question I've got. If it's just like it, it can't be, it can't be, if, if it's different, if you say it's just like it, it's different, it can't be just like it. Uh, so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about this message that God laid on my heart. In fact, here just a couple of days ago, I was talking to somebody at work, and uh, I was talking to them, we were talking about this virus, this situation, this pandemic that all of us are faced with, and if you like me, I'm just about a little tired of talking about it because it just kind of consumes everything about us. But it's reality, and it is the biggest thing in our life at this moment, I guess, if you look at it in the physical sense. But we were talking about it, and um, uh, this particular person was saying, you know, it's just, it's just got us in a bind. It's just got everything out of whack. It's just what, what we used to be able to do, we can't do now. So these were her words. You know, what used to be normal is no longer normal, right? You've probably said that a gazillion times. Uh, over the past three weeks. I know I've said it. In fact, that day I said, I understand what you're saying. You know, I said, I can't, I can't wait till things get back to normal myself so we can go back and do the things that we used to do. When I said that, the Holy Ghost checked me immediately. And, and I told Pastor Keith this the other day, and I told Sister Veronica when we were up here, uh, they, her and Melanie were up here collecting uh, the food for uh, the blessing box. And by the way, thank you for those that were able to donate to that. Um, if you haven't donated to it so far, you still can. The blessing box ain't going nowhere, right? That's not the only time they're going to take up uh, um, just donations for that. But thank you for doing that. And again, you can turn in some later. But I think I was telling Veronica that as well. And here's why he checked me. This is the very thing that hit me as soon as I said it. 
God just, just breathed in my spirit, Mark. That's, that's part of the problem. Amen? That's part of the problem. Now, I'm not saying here today, and I don't want anybody going out to quote, Pastor Mark said the whole reason for the coronavirus is God did it. Right? I'm not saying that. Uh, we all, I think all of us know here today that the reason that there are sickness in the land is because of sin in the land. The Bible teaches us when Adam and Eve did what they did, they plunged mankind into sin. And the sickness that hits this land and all the difficulties that we go through because of sin. So when somebody asks you, why is God allowing that to happen? He necessarily allowed it to happen. It's just because of sin, those things are now able to ravage this land. Uh, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, right? And these diseases and these things that attack us cause death. That's for sure. But what I am saying to you today is, is God certainly could stop it. He certainly, at any, at any given time, could make it go away. So the question is, why has he kept his hand at a distance? And that's what we're going to talk about today. I really believe with all of my heart that God wants to change normalcy. Amen? What we used to see as normal is what God said, it's not enough. Amen? It's not enough. Those things that we were doing, we were carrying on with our normal lives, if you will. But unfortunately, a lot of times in our normal lives, it leaves out the greatest thing in our lives, which is God. Amen? Amen. It leaves out Him. It leaves out our families. It leaves out the things that are most important to us. Amen? And the most important to God. So let's look at that here tonight briefly if we can. I don't think God wants us to return to normalcy as it pertains in the spiritual sense. As I read to you here through John's Gospel, chapter 11, 1 through 17, and then 21, 23, and 25, there are five points I want to point out to you, Pastor Keith. Five points. Look at your neighbor at home and say, he said five points. Amen? Amen. In verse 3, 4, and 6, one of the main points of, the, uh, of this affliction was that folks turned back to God, that God would be glorified, that folks would be forever changed, those affected directly and those that were affected indirectly. One of the main points, guys, of this whole thing happened to Lazarus was not necessarily to punish Lazarus. Lazarus was a follower of God. But one of the, whole, one of the main reasons why the Lord tarried that two days, again, was to turn people. And this affliction that happened to Lazarus was to turn people back to God. Certainly the people that were affected around Lazarus, those that loved him, were affected greatly, right? Something that they loved, someone that they loved greatly, had now been afflicted with sickness. And, and eventually there, we know, would actually die and leave this world. And the first thought is, God, if you love him so much, Jesus, if you love him so much, why did you let that sickness come upon him? Why did you let him die, right? But again, I think the whole point of that was to try to turn people back. And you saw that with Mary, and you also saw it with Martha. They immediately sent for Jesus, amen? They immediately turned back to Jesus. Certainly they did. And I think as you look around this world today, the coronavirus, if you, just, if you and I will just open our eyes and, and try to look above uh, the, the difficulties that this coronavirus has caused, we'll see that God is turning people back to Him. Uh, when I'm at work, I was talking to two ladies today, and they've had the opportunity to pray for people at work. Uh, they're beginning a new Bible, or a, new, a, a new prayer app. They're going to be praying every single day, and they, they started doing that, so people are turning back to God. They're pouring themselves more into Him, and ultimately... That God be glorified and that Christ be glorified, right? So that's the, that's the, main, the main point of the whole story of Lazarus. Again, it's, it's people were going about their normal days, their normal routines, and they were just kind of just, just passing God by, it appears. And if you're be honest with yourself, and, and like I had to be with myself over the past couple of weeks, 
I'm finding now that I've got more time with God, I've got more time with my family because I'm not so busy with all this other stuff that's going on. And it's not, it's not taking up the time that I would normally give to God by doing all this other stuff. I'm able to now point myself toward Him. And it definitely has caused me to turn back to Him. And I think most people would agree. Most people would agree that there's more people turning back to God. So certainly, when you see this story here, I think it was intended to turn not only Mary and Martha back, not only to draw Lazarus closer, but also those who were around him, those who were directly affected and indirectly affected. The second point here in verse 7 and 8, sometimes the lack of God's presence is due to our sin, but he does not plan to remain distant. His plan is to return and to bless. Amen? Amen. Amen. Sometimes the lack of God's presence is due to our sin, but he does not plan to remain distant. Jesus here, as you saw, he was away from them when this happened. And when Mary and Martha sent for him, he stayed an additional two days. He kept his distance. And that's very odd for most of us because we think when we call the name of Jesus, he's going to run immediately. Right? But he's going to come immediately. But don't forget point one. The whole point of this was that people would turn back to God and they would glorify the Father. Jesus understood that. That's why he's told his disciples, he said, for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there because if Jesus was there, he loved Lazarus and he would have moved immediately to heal him. And those folks might not have had the opportunity to turn back to God. They certainly might not have had the opportunity to turn back to each other. The fellowship that was needed, the love between them and God and them and themselves was necessary. And Jesus understood that. Amen? Amen. So his, his, his intent was not to remain distant. His intent was to, was to show back up and to bless. But again, God understands that sometimes there has to be that distance. That distance has to happen in order to cause us to search and to turn back to God. I think that's very important for us as we look, at, look into this message here tonight. Is that God may seem distant, but again, it's all, in, it's all in His plan to teach us and draw us closer to Him. The third point in verses 9 and 10. God's distance is not to remove light from us, but rather to draw us to the light. And, and, and the whole point of that, guys, is this. If somebody is surrounded by light constantly, they're not going to be looking for more light. If you're around light and you can see and you can operate and do what you want to do in that moment with the light that you have right then, you're not going to be searching for more light. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, in broad daylight, go get a flashlight and turn it on so that you can see better what you're doing? Not many of us, right? Not too many of us. Most of the time, if it's bright sunshine, it's in the middle of the day, you can see perfectly. Your flashlight's not going to do you a whole lot of good. Is that right? I hope not that too many of you are doing that because they might lock y'all up things don't wrong with you, right? But most people don't go get a flashlight in the middle of the day because there's enough light around them, right, to do what they need to do. When you look at this story, I can't help but think that as long as Christ was with them, they took him for granted. Amen? As long as Jesus was with them, they knew everything was going to be okay. They could just go do whatever they wanted to do, right? They just carried on life as normal. And just Jesus, I can just imagine Jesus sitting there. And there was probably a few people talking to Jesus, but all the other people around there running around doing their thing. Amen? I'm going to give you a good illustration of that with these same two ladies, Mary and Martha. Right? Jesus showed up at the house of Mary and Martha, and Mary sat down to worship Jesus, and what was Martha doing? There's plenty of light. Amen? So Martha's going to go around and do what she was going to do, regardless of whether Jesus was there or not, because there was work to be done. Amen? There was something that Martha wanted to do. She had a plan, and she was going to carry that out whether Jesus was there or not. Amen? Amen. And too, too often, guys, and unfortunately, you know it and I know it, in the world that we live, and some of us are guilty of it too, it's not just ranked sinners out there, right? 
But the church does it too. We'll find ourselves taking Jesus for granted sometimes, right? Instead of being in church on Sunday morning, we're going to go down and eat breakfast at Bojangles. Amen? And we'll watch the service live later on that day. Because we think Jesus will always be there. Amen? We'll do those things. We'll, we take him for granted so many, so many times. And we just, we, we, right, we go to a concert on a Sunday. Because you know what? This concert only comes around one time a year. So, Lord, you understand. Right? So we go to the concert. You know what, God? It's a beautiful day. So you know what, Lord? I, I'm going to take advantage of this day that you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, but I'm going to be catching that 10-pound bass on Lake Greenville while I'm doing it. Amen? Amen? Yeah. I pull Pastor Keith up preaching live while I'm pulling in that 10-pound bass. Amen? We do those things. We take God for granted a lot of times. He's there. God blesses us, and we take that for granted. Every one of us woke up this morning and breathed the breath of life. Amen. How many of us failed to tell Jesus this morning? Good morning. God bless you. And thank you, Lord, for waking me up today. Thank you, God, for a great night's rest. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for what's going to happen this day because I know you're going to be with me no matter where I go and I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to fear. How many of us did that? Amen. Right? God blesses us and we take you for granted. How many of us want to leave here tonight? Or you may be sitting there tonight eating your cheese balls while you're watching me on service tonight. Amen? You might be eating your dinner right now, right while I'm preaching to you. How many of us thank God for that meal? How many of us take it, take it for granted that when we go to our cupboards and open our cupboards, that that cupboard's going to be full of food? How many of us? Amen. I do it. Right? I just take Jesus for granted. I think to myself, look at what all I provided. I didn't provide that. God provided it. He That's made a right. way for me to provide and put that in there, but God Amen. still provided it. it. Amen? He provided it. Yeah. How many of us take God for granted so many times? Amen? I got up and went to work late, busting all the way down there, but I got a job. Amen? How many of us? are not grateful that we still are able to work even in the midst of this coronavirus. There's so many that aren't working. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. If you're working and you still have an opportunity to work, we ought to praise God. Amen? Because you're not having to take two-thirds of your salary on unemployment. You're not having to take uh, PTO days at Gated. Uh, you're not having to do those things, right? You're able to work. How many of us have thank God for that, right? We take Him for granted. How many of us right now thank God for the health that we have at this moment? Amen? Those of us that don't know that we have the coronavirus yet, those of us that don't have it, those of us that might not be fighting some other illness, we ought to be praising God that we're as well as we are at this moment. Amen? Oh, well, we take that for granted because my Cheerios are what's making me, make, making me healthy. You know, I go down to the gym every week, and that's what's keeping me healthy. No, no, no. Make no mistake about it. The help that you have is because Jesus Christ gave it to you. Amen? It don't matter whether you eat mashed potatoes yeah. every day of your life or whether you're in that gym every day of your life. If you've got good health, it ain't got nothing to do with what, well, some of what you're doing. I guess it does because that chicken I'm eating is not good for me. Amen? But you know what I'm saying. Amen? The health that you and I have is at the mercy and grace of God. Amen? Amen. Ultimately, it's because of Him. And if you're breathing right now, you're not dead. Amen? I know you believe that man or woman sitting beside you, or that friend of yours sitting beside you, might be dead. Because they just ain't got no spirit in them whatsoever. They just, you know what I'm saying? They just sit and got to poke and make sure they got a pulse. But I assure you, they're probably living. Amen? So we got something to praise God for. We're not looking up at the grass. Amen? We're looking down at the grass. We're still in the fight, guys. Yeah. But we take God for granted so many times. Amen? Take God for granted so many times. While there's light, we don't search for more light. But where there's darkness, we turn back to the light. Amen? 
Remember what I told you, God, God's distance is not, to, he don't mean it to be forever. And God never really removes himself completely from us unless we really got to a place for him where we have grieved the Holy Ghost to the point that he just takes his hands and washes them of us. It takes a long time to get there. But in most cases, guys, he's still there. All you need to do is turn around. When it's dark, we're always looking for what? Light. When the lights go off in your house during the middle of a thunderstorm at 9 o'clock at night, what do you do? Look for light. You're looking for light. Yeah. Amen? You're going to find a candle. You're going to find that flashlight. You're going to do something to find. You're searching for light. Amen? You're searching for light. So this, this affliction that came to Lazarus, one of those points is God intended for them, right, to walk around in some of that darkness that they had created themselves in order to make them turn back to him and glorify him, right? And he still was there with them. His presence was there. All they had to do was turn back around and they could see that light, right? Proof is Mary and Martha knew where he was. They could see where he was. They, they felt they knew where he was, spiritually speaking. And that light had never left them. And didn't God say he'd never leave you nor forsake you? All you got to do is turn back to him, search for light, and the closer you get to him, the more light you get. Amen? But as long as we've got light, we're good. We're not going to search for more. Amen, somebody? Right? So look, with Lazarus, just as with us, just as with this epidemic that we're in right now, our pandemic, right? Sometimes we've got to see what the world we live in and see what we've created to understand that we need more light. We need more light. In verses 11, 14, 11 through 14 and verse 17, Jesus' plan has always been to come and to change our position, to change it from that which is expected or normal to that which is unexpected. That's part of his plan. It's always been his plan, right? The Bible teaches us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means that there is a change, right? Jesus said he came to save, to seek and to save that which is lost. Meaning there is a change. It's always been God's plan to change our position. Okay? Amen. This story is so relevant to you and I spiritually, you and I as a church, and this entire state, nation, and world. What, what Lazarus experienced here uh, himself and what his siblings experienced, what the people that were around him experienced this day, was absolute change. Amen? Absolute change. When Jesus returned, he intended to take that which was normal and change it. Amen? What I mean by that, when Lazarus, when he told Lazarus to, he said, Lazarus, he said, come forth. Isn't that right? Lazarus, come forth. And when Lazarus stood to his feet, life went back in his body. He came around that corner behind that, 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 that cave or that grave. And he stood before those people, and, and Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Take the grave clothes off of him, right? When they pulled those grave clothes off, they looked at Lazarus, and they saw somebody that they knew. He looked normal to them. But let me tell you something, guys. He was everything but normal. I promise you, Lazarus' life, from that moment to the time he left this world a second time, amen, he was a different man. Yeah. He looked like something that was normal. People suspected him to look that way, but he was a changed man. He was, not, he was not ordinary anymore. He was extraordinary. Even though he still looked like Lazarus, he was definitely a different person. I want you to know today, when you give your heart to Christ, the same thing happens. You may look like the same person, but ultimately you are changed totally. 
And when you get around people, they can tell it, they can see it right in your walk and in your talk. You don't have to tell them you're a Christian. They can see it. They can feel it. They can experience it, right? There is a change. When somebody gives their heart to Christ, they die out to this world and they're resurrected or raised to life in Christ into that spiritual realm with him. And there is a change. It's an about face, right? So they look normal, but the cussing they used to do is going to be replaced with I praise the Lord. The drinking they used to do is going to now be raised with taking communion in Christ. Amen? All the things that they used to do are what you expect to see them do, but they're not going to be the same person. Amen? Amen. There is a change. Just like it. They look just like themselves, only they're what? Different. Yeah. Amen? Lazarus looked just like himself, only he was different. He was not the same. God's intent in this story God's intent, Pastor Mark believes, with this coronavirus, is to get people out of that sense of normalcy, to recognize the sin that's all around them, and the sin that's in this world, and the sin, unfortunately, maybe in some of our lives still, right? God's intent is to illuminate that sin, right, and let us see the darkness, and cause us to turn back to Him, right? And that we would seek more light, and in seeking more light, the blessings of God come, and life eternal is, in, is invested in us. Through Christ. Amen? Amen? That is God's plan. And, and I'm telling you guys right now, what you and I are going through right here, I said it in that video the other night, I meant it with all my heart. I said it, I said it to the small group last night uh, as we were talking. Guys, this is an exciting time for the children of God. Mary and Martha, rather than panicking, Mary and Martha, rather than running around screaming, right, and just fear being all around them, right, and causing such a hoopla around with people, they were, they were so tore up about it, that the Bible says the people that were there came out. They were trying to comfort Mary and Martha, right? They were panicking about what had happened here. They had forgotten about Jesus. Amen? You and I today, look, this was a terrible, this was a terrible affliction that happened to Lazarus. It was a terrible event. It was a terrible time. In Lazarus' life, it was a terrible time. In their lives, and all the people, the friends of Lazarus there that day, it was a terrible time. Just like some of the things you're going through in your life right now. Just like what we're going through, all of us, with this pandemic. Yes, we're going through some terrible times, but don't forget about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Don't forget about him. Don't forget that he's there. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we're going to preach that we believe in Jesus, if we're going to preach that God can, if we're going to believe that God can heal, God can move, God can restore, God can change things, God can remove this pandemic, then we need to believe that, not just when it's not here, but in the middle of it. Yeah. Amen? Right in the middle of the situation. Right in the middle of the storm. What would have happened if Mary and Martha, instead of running around panicking and crying and whining and all the stuff that they were doing and all that fear hitting them, what if they would have just said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Our God is able. Amen. What if one of them would have walked over to Lazarus and put their hands on him and said, and said in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to stand and walk. What would have happened? Amen. Well, preacher, it wasn't meant to be that way because God wanted to happen like this so he could write John chapter 11. I understand. You don't think God could have not pinned the other thing too? Absolutely he could have. Absolutely he could have. Listen. During the darkest times in your life and in my life, during the darkest times in our church's lives, in the darkest times in our nation and our world's time, that's when the church must stand. Amen? Yeah. Amen. That's when we've got to stand to our feet, lift our voices toward heaven, right? 
poke our spiritual chest out and say, God, amen, I love you and I trust you and I stand on your promises. Your will be done. And I know, God, that everything works out good for those that love the Lord. Amen. And trust him and call on him and do the things that the Bible says we have the authority to do. Amen. Do you remember what Jesus said to the disciples when he was, when he, when he, when he, um, cast that, so he cursed that fig tree. You remember that? He told his disciples, he said, don't marvel at what you've seen here. He said, you'll be able to do these things and so much more, so much greater. Amen. If Christ is in us, then we have the authority to, to cast out demons. We have the authority to lay hands on the sick that they are healed. We have the authority, right, to pray whatever we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says what? It'll be done. Amen. Yeah. Jesus himself said that to the disciples, and he says it to us. Whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, I might do it for you. Is that what he said? Whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, then have it personally where I might do it. Amen? Amen. If you prayed three times this morning before you left the house, I'll do it for you. Two, not ain't happening. Right? He didn't say that. He said, whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, speaking to people that are saved, yeah. I'm going to do it for you. Amen? I will change your position. I'll change your position. Now listen to me. This is important. He did not say, whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, that I will do it in my time. That ain't what he said. Listen to me, child of God. We always want to quote that back to God. We always want to say that. But all that is is a way for us not to have our face shaken. Amen? We say that for ourselves, not for God. We don't say it for him because we're scared that if I say something, if I make that proclamation, if I say that out loud and God don't move, people will think I was a phony and that I'm not who I'm supposed to be. And so I'm not going to do that when I say now to God's will, right? He said, whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, it will be done. Yeah. Amen. That's what he said. Amen. Amen. What would have happened if Mary and Martha done that? You see what I'm saying? But where there's plenty of light. We don't search for light. That's right. Amen? We don't search for light. If, you, if we're going to get to a place with Jesus that we cast out demons, if we're going to get to a place with Jesus where we lay hands on the sick and they're healed, if we're going to get to a place with Jesus where we can speak to this virus and say, be thou removed, you've got to get deeper in Christ. I've got to get deeper in Christ. This coronavirus is showing us, guys, we've got to get closer to Christ. We've got to get closer to each other. We've got to get to a place with Jesus and we can affect this world rather than the world affecting us. Yeah. Some of y'all should be running around your living room right now. Amen. 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 Drop them cheese puffs and praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Get your paper towels and start waving that hanky, baby. Listen. Point five. Found in verse 21, 23, and 25. Life will return but not as we've known them. Amen? Better. Better. Life will return. Jesus said in verse 25, He said, I am the resurrection. He said, I am the life. He told them earlier in that passage, right, that he did this, this, uh, this sleeping that he's doing is not, it's not forever. Right? It's not unto death as far as finality like we look at it. What he was simply saying to them, guys, is this will pass. Jesus will come if we seek him. Jesus will move on our behalf, right, if we turn to him. If we turn to him, recognize him, seek more light, God will do that. He said, look, life will return. 
He said that to him in verse 25. Life will return. I want you to know here today that life, as you and I know it, will return. Yeah. We will be back, able to go out with our families and eat a meal at a, at a, at a, at a place. You know, I used to think that going out to eat with somebody just because I was lazy and didn't want to cook. What I'm learning is, is that's probably true. But, but one of the biggest reasons is, I enjoy being with my wife and my son and my daughter and Miguel. Right? I enjoy being with them and sitting around and talking to them around a table eating. I enjoy being with some of y'all when we get to go out together after church and the fellowship. I miss the fellowship of my family going out to eat. I miss the fellowship eating with some of y'all, right? So it's not just that I'm lazy, right? It's not just that, but I enjoy that and I've learned, I've seen that now since I haven't been able to do that. Uh, life will return. We'll be able to do those things again. You will be able to go out on the lake on a pontoon with your family again with 15 or 20 of you hanging off of it again. You will be able to do those things again. You'll be able to go to the movie theater once again with your family. I miss doing that with my wife. That's kind of our date night on Sunday afternoons if there's nothing going on in the church. We'll go watch a movie, get us dinner together, kind of hang out together, right? We miss that. If I talked about it, talked to her the other night about it. It's something that we, dare, we desperately miss, but life will return again, right? Concerts, Christian concerts it's been going to, whatever concerts you go to, it will return again. Life's going to return again. But if we do what we're supposed to do, guys, it's going to return, but it's going to be better. I don't think, I, I know God don't intend for you and I to go back to where we were living. It don't matter who you are. It don't matter how righteous you are. If, if you're honest with yourselves, you've been able to see just like I have. Yes, I will serve the Lord, but I also recognize there's a whole lot more I could have been doing. Amen? It's showing me there's some things i got to change. It showed me, one of the things it showed me was I, I, didn't, I don't need to neglect my family as much as I have, right? That's one of the things it showed me. I don't need to neglect you guys as much as I have. I don't need to take you for granted like I used to take you for granted. I don't need to take them for granted like I used to. There's a lot of things I'm learning as we're going here, right? So I can promise you, when you get here again the next time to see me face to face, I may still look like a little short, fat, dumpy preacher that you knew. I am. But there is also a change that's happened in me. And I yeah. hope there's a change in you. And I hope the next service we're in here together is far different than the normalcy that we had before. If you've been sitting around telling people, listen, I can't wait to get back to church so we can worship like we used to. Listen, I want you to change how you say that. Next time you see somebody, I want this stuff to be over with so we can get back in the house of God and worship Him the way He wants us to worship Him. Amen. Amen. And it will change this Amen. congregation. Amen. Yeah. That worship service is going to be way different than anything you and I have ever been in before. Yeah. I promise you that because the love that you and I have for each other is going to be greater. The love we have for God is going to be greater. This day when Lazarus stepped forward out of that tomb, the love that Mary and Martha had for him and their friends was far greater than it ever had been before before he died. I promise you, when he stood to his feet, turned that corner and said, how y'all doing? There was a different love that hit them people that day because what was dead has now been raised to life. Amen? The church that has been dead in Christ for the past several years is now going to be raised to life. Amen? It's going to be raised to life. And the church is going to shine and shine brighter than ever before. And we're going to be that beacon on a hilltop that the Bible says that you can't put that, you can't put that bushel over and hide it. It's so bright and so great, guys. If we do what we're supposed to do, revival is coming to your heart, to our church, to our land, everywhere. This is a moment, as I said in that video, this is a pause that God has given to the children of God. Listen, have you not considered all the seeds that have been planted by your grandparents, all the seeds that have been planted by your parents, all the seeds that you have planted, right? Jesus tells us to go out and plant those seeds. And, and, and we do that right early spring. 
Do you think it's chance or circumstance that this coronavirus came around in the spring? I don't think it is. Let me tell you what God laid on my heart when I was walking around my yard the other day, and I said it on a small group the other night. Listen, it's not chance or circumstance because in the spring of the year, what happens? Seed that was planted does what? Sprout. Springs up and gives off what? New life. New life. So that's what's happening around us, guys. It's, it's, a, it's spring of the year and there's new life going everywhere. And can't you see the prophecy that Jesus preached when he said to the last day's church, listen, the fields are ripe for harvest, amen? amen. The fields are ripe for harvest. You can see the buds coming up all over the place, right? The pollen, this pollen represents the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God that has to be blown across to bring life to that which is dead, amen? And as that pollen blows across this land, we see buds blooming and flowers blooming and a sweet aroma taking place. Isn't that right? Yeah. That's what you're seeing. You and I as a church, guys, we're the farmers. We have an opportunity right now to go out of the highways and hedges, go out in the fields and glean the harvest. Amen? Amen. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's much different when you look at it like that. That's what was happening here in Lazarus' time. This affliction was, again, to show people what we're talking about. It was shown that there's new life, right? There's, there's a change from normalcy to that which is, that is supernatural in Christ, right? And this new life that had budded up, he was showing them what happens. That which is dead and you plant it. Remember, Lazarus was planted in the tomb. It can come back to life. Once it's come to life, he said, loose him and let him go. In other words, he said to his people, go get him, amen? Go get him. And that's what he's saying to the church today. Look, all that was dead out there, they're coming to life. My spirit is being poured out upon all flesh as he prophesied in the book of Acts. And he said, now go out there in the highways and hedges and glean it. Amen. Go get them. Amen. And enjoy the presence of the Lord. I don't know about y'all. I'm about ready to preach. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Can you see what I'm saying here? What a beautiful message God laid on our hearts here today, right? Just like it only different, guys. Normalcy cannot be the, it cannot be the status quo. We must change. Amen? And we have got to stand up and be accounted as a church. Amen? And understand what's happening right now and know our position. Right? Stand firm in the middle of that death that's all around us and proclaim the greatness of God and watch Him do what only God can do. Amen? Through you and I, He can do marvelous things. I'm going to pray with you as our worship team comes tonight. Man, i got to hush here. I'll be here all night. Amen? God is so great. And he is greatly to be praised. Amen. Yes. The psalmist had it right, man. You can't, you and I can't fathom the greatness of God. He's so awesome. And he's so marvelous. And his thoughts are so higher than our thoughts. But guys, I'm telling you, I think he's made it as simple as he can make it. Amen. He's made it as simple as he can make it. This, this current affliction, guys, is not unto death. This current affliction is not to keep us in darkness. This current affliction is not to keep us dead. This current affliction is to cause us to seek more light, to turn back to Him, that we experience new life in Him, that our lives are changed forevermore, and that we don't walk in our own normalcy, but that we walk in His power. Amen? His power and grace. And guys, I promise you, this church will never be the same. It will never be the same. It will, it will just heed to God here in this time. And just follow him. I promise you great things are coming. Let's pray. Our gracious heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you here tonight, thank you so much for your presence. Lord, I have felt your presence so great here tonight, Lord. Lord, I know that you are blessing and touching your people as we speak right now, God. 
not just the six of us that are in this church right now, God, but people all over this world, God, those in their living rooms, God, God, those that are in their living rooms in other states, God, those in their living rooms in other countries, Lord, whoever might be watching right now, Lord, I know that you're blessing them and you're touching them right now, right where they sit, God. I know, Lord, that your presence has filled the room where they are, Lord. I know that your presence has touched that heart and, and pounding on that heart, Lord. And God, I know that the challenge that you are calling out to us today, God, is ringing out all over this area, God, that, that all of us, Lord, are to stand, God, and allow you, Father, to begin to move in our lives and change our world as it pleases you, Lord, and to set our feet on solid ground and then proclaim, and proclaim God, that we go out and tell people about how awesome you are and how wonderful you are, God, that we make a difference in this world rather than just existing. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to turn to you, to seek more light, God, while we have the opportunity. We need more of you, God. We need more of you. If nothing else has been shown to me through this entire uh, uh, pandemic that we're going through, through this, this difficult time, if nothing else has been shown to me, I've seen, God, that I need more of you. I've seen, God, that I'm not where I need to be with you, Lord, and that there's more. There's absolutely more. And, Father, I just pray that you would help us, God, to seek you while you may be found. And, Father, I know that, Lord, your word tells us if we seek you, that we would find you, God. So, Lord, grant that here today. Grant it, Lord. May each one of us be forever changed. May each one of us, God, not be the same when all the smoke clears and all this is over with, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to be the same, but help us, Lord, to be just like ourselves, only different. And, God, we'll be sure to praise you and honor you and glorify you in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our soon-coming King. Amen. Our soon-coming King. All God's children all over the world say amen. Amen. God